Greetings, Star Wars fans. This is Andrew from Coruscant Radio Underground. You're listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. What's up, guys? This is David Triana of the Followers of the Force Podcast, and you are listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. May the Force be with you, always. General Veers, prepare your men. How's it going, Star Wars fans? Grab your sunscreen and your blasters. You've tuned into the Scarif Podcast. This is the Scarif Scuttlebutt. Is everybody ready for this? Hell yeah. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the Old Republic. Before the dark times. Before the Empire. Hey, Shore Troopers, this is Ro, and welcome to Patrol on Scarif. The sun is shining, the Empire is glorious. What more can you ask for of an assignment? This is the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Welcome. As I said, I'm Ro, and across the stratosphere, we've got my co-conspirator. Who's that? Who's that over there hiding behind the communications junction box, eh? hey oh, it's Brad. How y'all doing? How's it going, Brad? How's the weather up in your neck of the woods? As skunt, scunny. As scunny? As sunny as it is on Scarif. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what have we been talking about? Uh, we just finished talking about uh, uh, some really, really fun stuff uh, on our Patreon recording. And uh, what were some of those things that we were talking about? You, you might notice right now that we're a little amped up because <laughs> we just got done talking about the infamous tweet that... We call it infamous. The infamous tweet that Mark Campbell sent out just a couple weeks ago called Missed Opportunities. And, yeah, we got a little excited talking about that. Yeah, I think uh, I had to I had to take a couple of deep breaths because, uh, you know, for whatever, uh, whether you agree or disagree, it's a very uh, passionate subject. Um, uh, you know, seeing our heroes all together in the Millennium Falcon um, – in that uh, image that was tweeted out. Uh, but we had a good discussion. We had some good feedback, and uh, we are ready to move forward. Yep, so we talked about that. We also talked about the news in Star Wars Battlefront, as well as the Star Wars comics that came out this week. And we also talked about a somewhat controversial comic that came out a couple weeks ago, Dark Visions, the story about Darth Vader. Oh, Ugo. yes. Got a little riled up about that one too. Star Cross uh, Lovers. Star Cross Lovers. So please check that out. Uh, so we got some feedback from you guys. We had some conversations with some folks on Twitter. We found out that most people like to hear a podcast about an hour long. So we're going to try our best to stick to an hour this time. We'll see how we do. But Ro and I love talking about Star Wars. So what we're doing is we're going to put some bonus information. I think we've already talked for, what, like 40 minutes now? Yeah, 40 uh, minutes. Ish. Yeah, for, uh, actually over 40 minutes. We're going to put that bonus content on Patreon. So if you want to hear us yap about that stuff that we just talked about, check us out on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash scuttlebutt and... In addition to that bonus material, you'll be entered into our giveaways that we'll be doing every month, as well as having access to our Facebook page 
and our Discord channel. So check that out, patreon.com forward slash Scarif Scuttlebutt, and uh, you'll get that extra bonus content about 40 minutes this time, and you'll hear the conversation about missed opportunities because we'd love to hear your feedback on that topic. So exciting, so exciting. That uh, Discord server, I think you got to hook me up because uh, I'd love... As you said, we love talking Star Wars, and I'd love to kind of uh, chit-chat with a couple of followers and see what they have to say on, on the Discord. We will figure out how to use it together. <laughs> it, was, it, it was all I can do to set the thing up. It's set up, and we're just uh, waiting for you guys so we can yap with you guys. We, we talked a bunch on Twitter. We'd love to talk even more. Turns out Star Wars doesn't get old. Find us on Patreon, and let's get this conversation going on Discord. So, yeah, we're going to get back to our uh, favorite Jedi Master, Luke Skywalker. But uh, first, let's do a little recap of our recent episodes here. Let's see what we missed. I've been a Star Wars fan pretty much since I was born. I was born in 1978, so I was the Star Wars generation. What's it like to have a cool, nerdy dad? Well, it's fun how he passes down stuff that he kind of did when he was little and like geeky stuff and he passes it down to us. The forest moon of Endor, woman. It's a trap. That's a whole nother podcast. As any kid who grew up with Star Wars, I was obsessed. I loved every minute of the movie in 1999. From Qui-Gon Jinn teaching a young Obi-Wan Kenobi the ways of the Force, to a young Anakin Skywalker racing his pod racer to win the Boonti Eve Classic and his freedom to become a Jedi. But as I aged, The Phantom Menace fell in the ranks of favorite Star Wars movies, and the more mature content of the original trilogy took its rightful place, as The Empire Strikes Back to this day still holds the number one spot. You know, if you remember in that book, she was a she was a free spirit, you know? Yes. Uh, I'd say, you know, borderline hippie. She, she reminded me of Luna Lovegood in the uh, Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. I think it's how she acted. Um, and so I was really looking forward to that character. Uh, my name is Jennifer, and that's the Scuttlebutt. May the Force be with you. Awesome. High five. All right, we have returned. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, we. I want to thank everybody. You know, this is our third episode. Our first episode was uh, a little coverage of Star Wars Celebration. Uh, in April here in Chicago, and then we got uh, Akbar Gate um, that uh, kind of encompassed our second episode. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about what's new in Star Wars. All right, the first thing we're going to talk about is Vader Immortal. Have you heard about this? Oh, is that the the game? Yeah, it's a VR, VR game? series. Um, and in this, it's a virtual reality series. And uh, what's cool about this now? I, I haven't done much with virtual reality. Uh, I guess that's not really... I mean, I guess it'll be the standard here pretty soon. But uh, this is a VR adventure. It sounds pretty cool to me. Uh, I mean, it's the, the story has Vader scooping up on uh, scooping up your generic smuggler, standing character, and sassy droid sidekick. Uh, <laughs> that's voiced by Maya Rudolph. As part of a quest he began in Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, he needs someone of your Force-sensitive bloodline, surprise, said no one, to seek out a cliche magical artifact from Mustafar's distant past. So what's cool about this is it's a canon story. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, you're taking part in a canon story. That's amazing. And, yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. That's the um, only thing that I didn't uh, try at Star Wars Celebration. They did have 
the uh, I mean the lines were were long. That's probably why I didn't do it. But uh, they did have a demo uh, of it there, and uh, people were just uh, their minds were being blown. Oh really? Yeah, my son's already asking for one of those Oculus Rifts. So good timing, eh? Yeah, I mean, I have to have something to, you know, justify spending money on. You know, back in the day, I didn't get an Xbox 360 until Force Unleashed came out. And that was the excuse I needed to go buy an Xbox 360. That was back in, what, 2008, I think it came out? Yeah. Uh, so this might be my excuse to venture into the VR realm. Oh, absolutely. That's the uh, same reason here for uh, not getting a PlayStation 4. I had the 3, and I had obviously a lot of games. And the games are not backwards compatible on the 4, so I wouldn't be able no. to use any of my 3 on, on the 4. So I just kind of held off. But uh, when Battlefront came out, I'm like, okay, ding, that's me. Yeah, so that, that sounds pretty interesting. We'd love to hear what you guys think. Uh, you know, hit us up on Twitter as usual and uh, let us know if you're going to be purchasing the VR. If you're looking forward to Vader Immortal, what are your thoughts on it? Let us know. I'm a sucker for VR. Really? Yeah, uh, even, even those wacky little uh, cardboard boxes that you put over your face and you put your iPhone on there with the, the, the YouTube VR. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think those are fantastic. I don't know. I get a little sick when I'm when I'm doing yeah. that stuff. But you know, I did see. I think it was actually, I think it was the original Battlefront or the one that came out in 2015. They had that little VR part with the space battle, and that looked pretty awesome. Oh yeah. So I imagine that this is going to be even better. You refer to the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the force. You believe it's this boy? I don't presume to. But you do. Revealed your opinion is. I request the boy be tested, Master. Oh. Trained as a Jedi, you request for him. Hmm? More exciting stuff. Recently came out, you know, two things came out recently. Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray, that book, uh, also available on Audible. And then you have the more recently Jedi Dooku Lost by Kevin Scott. Did you finish that? Oh, I did. I did. Uh, And I'll tell you what, these two stories together... Albeit Master and Apprentice is supposed to be focused on, and it really is focused on Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. But I think them both tied together, you know, they really do center around Dooku yeah. on both of them. I think they might be trying to tell us something on this. Uh, wow. You know, I don't want to look too much into it, but why would they rela- release two Dooku-related stories, you know, back-to-back back like that, unless it was yeah. for a reason? Yeah. But uh, I'll tell you what, um, Claudia Gray really nails it with the characters of Obi-Wan and Mm -hmm. Qui-Gon. We talked about the voice acting on that, too. Yeah, Um, I was like, I was flabbergasted. I'm like, oh, my God, they got uh, Liam Neeson to come back. Qui-Gon is good. Um, Obi-Wan's good. We talked about how uh, Mace Windu, uh, who who did somebody say he sounded like? Uh, Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders? Yeah. (laughs) Which he really did. A little Um, little Colonel Sandery. But, uh, I mean, there's a couple moments in there. You know, Rail saying, uh, talked about getting laid. Um, 
you know, I don't know why you would have that in the Star Wars universe, but besides a couple small points like that, really great story. Yeah. Uh, that character Rail is also in both of these stories too. Oh, okay, yeah. So, well, wasn't wasn't he? Uh, oh, can we get into spoilers here? What are we doing that? Uh, I was going to ask a question. I, so I Rail's myself. an important guy, and uh, go get these works, and then you'll find out why. Uh, we'll give him a couple more weeks, and then we'll yeah, spoil yeah, sure, it. You know, sure. that's we'll, we'll you know, here's, spoil band. Here's the cool thing about uh, Master and Apprentice. Add, even both of the books if you guys don't have a lot of time to read which I don't I was able to download the book for free by downloading the audible app and then just picking one of the books I just happened to pick uh, Master and Apprentice and I got it for free I downloaded it and uh, that's what I listen to in the car when I'm driving to and fro and uh, it's it's fantastic my next uh, my next book is going to be uh, Kevin's uh, Dooku book. Oh, they they make such a good team, you know, such a good pairing. Uh, if anybody, you know, as Roe was saying, if anybody needs, you know, the first book is always free on Audible, and uh, I can send these books out to somebody. So if you want to check out Audible, send me a direct message on Twitter or to you know my my account or the Scare of Scuttlebutt account, and uh, we'll make sure you can uh, hear that. It's definitely worth it. What I like about uh, Dooku Lost, um, I'm sorry, Dooku Jedi Lost is the fact that they have a full cast on this one. Normally it's just one voice actor for the whole thing and I'll give it to those voice actors. They do a really good job. You know, we'll make fun of them for, you know, the occasional Colonel Sanders. Um, <laughs> it's 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 hard to do Samuel L. Jackson unless you're Samuel L. Jackson. But right. uh, this one's well, that's actually, what I that's what I thought about Liam Neeson and this guy's like head on. Yeah, not only his accent, but you know, his intonation and everything like that. You know, it was yeah. spot on. But uh, Jedi Lost is a full cast and Dooku sounds great, Asajj sounds great, and as well as the other characters in there. But That's great. You know, I always thought that uh, Dooku was an underrated character to begin with. And uh, we won't spoil it, but I'll tell you, both these works put together, if you don't like, and we talked about episode one last episode, if you don't like episodes one and two, read these books or you know, listen to these books and then go back and watch them you will have a brand new appreciation for those movies. It, it adds so much depth to both those films. I love Dooku in the prequel trilogy. He was a very interesting character. Very interesting. I loved him. What, what I love about, you know, I think that's one of the, you know, I've said it before, episode two was not one of my favorites. It's, maybe it's actually might move up a little bit now. But uh, one of my favorite scenes in there is where Dooku is talking to Obi-Wan. Yes. And, you know, he talks about Qui-Gon and... You know, if Qui-Gon were here, you know, he would be on Dooku's side. Right. And I think there's a lot of truth to that, especially if you listen to these two books. Exactly. You know, these two, you know he's – what I love about that that scene is he's telling the truth the entire time. Right. That is the beauty of it. And yeah. Obi-Wan takes it as 100% lie. Right. And so, you know, that, that scene is – you know, it was already a work of art. You know, George did a very good job. Uh, as well as obviously Christopher Lee and Ewan McGregor. But uh, now that we have these books out, that scene will mean so much more to you. So definitely check those out. It's a great pity that our paths have never crossed before, Obi-Wan. Qui-Gon always spoke very highly of you. I wish he were still alive. I could use his help right now. The prequel trilogy has little moments like that sprinkled throughout, which uh, which are definitely worth uh, kind of a rewatch. 
Um, obviously, the uh, the tale of Darth Plagueis is one of them. Just like I said, just little scenes like that that really add so much emotional weight to to the characters and the storyline of what is happening in the prequel trilogy. It's it's fantastic. Disney announced uh, new movies uh, two years oh, apart, yeah. starting twenty twenty two. Um, we've got uh, new Star Wars number one, new Star Wars number two, new Star Wars number three. They haven't announced uh, titles or, or anything yet, but they just kind of announced the dates. Um, two years apart, uh, but after the um, the rise of Skywalker, we're going to have to wait three years like uh, like we did back in the day, right? Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm fine with that too. But you know, we'll still have some Star Wars content. Uh, Disney Plus will be streaming the Mandalorian and the Cassian Andor series. There is this thing on Twitter about Star Wars fatigue. You know, that was going that was going around. And I don't think the fans have Star Wars fatigue. I don't think we're physically capable of having Star Wars fatigue. Um, we've been talking for I don't know how long now, um, and you know, there's no fatigue here. I think perhaps though Disney had some Star Wars fatigue. Um, I yeah. think they they really found their niche with the Marvel movies and with the MCU. Uh, they hit their stride with that, but they haven't been able to fully you know get get there with Star Wars. And so I think a break is good for them. You know, I, and I'm fine with the three. We can talk for Star about Star Wars for three years, sure, easily, yeah. Yeah. especially when you talk about those other projects like the Mandalorian. Uh, the Cassian Andor series, as well as you know other projects that they have in the works. That's so, going to be fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. You know, we did get a question. Uh, Shannon Smith, uh, our one of our favorite listeners. Uh, you know, she asked about that trilogy. Uh, so, what's the three movies coming? Is it uh, the Ryan Johnson trilogy, or is it the? Uh, she calls them the Thrones guys. The uh, Benioff and Weiss, uh, yeah. or or a standalone. Do you, what do you think these three are going to be since they didn't bother to announce that? Yeah, uh, I I want to say uh, Benioff and Weiss, but uh, here's the other thing, too, that uh, I was reading a little bit uh, regarding new Star Wars news. John Campanella or Campea or whatever his name is, uh, he's basically kind of banking and, and, and saying that, uh, that he has word that the Ryan Johnson trilogy is no more. <laughs> I mean... I- <laughs> We've been hearing that for a long time now, um, and, and and I think some people are just trying to plant that seed and just hoping that it grows into something real. Yeah, um, I uh, there's a loaded. It's always loaded when you talk it's about always, Ryan. Yeah, you know, especially it, for me because you know, as much as I don't like um, what happened in the Last Jedi. You know, speaking of Luke Skywalker, I think uh, Mark Hamill's performance in the Last Jedi is just top notch. It's it's amazing. Oh yeah, it's amazing. But you know, I'm, and I think I'm going to be playing devil's advocate a lot here in the next few minutes. But I don't agree with a lot of the, the decisions that Ryan Johnson made in Episode Eight. But I think if you gave him his own trilogy, and he could, you know, write the whole thing in his own voice, yeah. um, you, we might get a decent product out of that. In, in this case, you have such a juxtaposition between him and the way that J.J. Abrams treats the movies and the characters that, it, you know, it's such a stark difference that it's impossible not to see. So, I mean, you guys will let me know when you completely disagree with what I'm saying right now, but it's possible. But, you know, I said before, I think, you know, Kathleen Kennedy, I think it was at Star Wars Celebration, she mentioned, uh, 
something quickly about an old Republic project, something. Right. She was I don't think she was very specific. I think she said. Uh, I think she said that uh, they are developing uh, old Republic material to take a look at. Yeah, which so, is a far cry from we are. We have an old Republic script in the works. It is. Yeah. But I will say, considering their work on Game of Thrones and that genre, I think it would work very well. And I blogged about this a long time ago. Sure. But I think the pair of them would do very well with an old Republic series, especially if you're dealing with characters like, you know, depending on what time period they go with, either Revan or Darth Bane, Malgus, any of those old characters, sure. I think Benioff and Weiss would, would do that justice. So we'll see. We'll see. Or we'll not see. <laughs> hey oh. That's neither, neither, not, it's, yeah. All right. It's time for the Jedi to end. Could you really boycott a Star Wars film? Could you? Could you bring you? You've said it. I, you know, the, the way we kind of joked about it last uh, episode. Uh, I said that uh, you know I'm, and I've tweeted it. I'm I'm not that kind of a boycott kind of guy. I'm a long, uh, long time Star Wars fan, as you know, as everyone that knows me knows. Um, it's just the Last Jedi just affected me so much that uh, you know I'm on the verge, bro. I'm on the verge. Light. Darkness. We'll we'll see. We'll see. You know, here's what gets me about Ryan, and you know, we're you know, this obviously will be a good segue into our, our main topic of Luke, but you know, he he was he came to Star Wars Celebration Orlando when I was down there. And I tell you what, he spent some time with the fans down there. Yeah. You know, he stayed up and he took pictures with all of them and, you know, signed whatever they had. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I got to say I think the guy does love Star Wars. I, we're we're going I'm not we're we're, we're not going to come up to the same page on this one. <laughs> but I, I don't know, man. Is the dark side stronger? No. 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 What the is your more seductive? But how am I to know the good side from the bad? You will know when you are calm at peace. This is a really, really great way to segue into our talk about Luke Skywalker, uh, Jedi Knight, uh, friend of Captain Solo. Uh, but uh, Luke Skywalker and his character arc, we had a lot of, uh, lot of comments from our followers about uh, what they thought um, Luke Skywalker's character arc turned out, and uh, it was kind of a. Um, uh, we posed the question, you know, if you're satisfied with how Luke Skywalker turned out uh, between the sequel trilogy, or are you more satisfied with what happened to Luke uh, in the expanded universe with the stories that happened that uh, are now no longer canon? We did get quite a few responses, didn't we? Yeah, we did. You know, and this whole thought process um, kind of started with a poll that we ran last week um, and we got a pretty good response to that and in that poll we asked you know between the EU and the sequel trilogy you know it was a two-part question uh, for the poll Uh, number one which do you find more realistic 
between the EU and the sequel trilogy. And the second part of it was, which do you prefer? And there were four options. You know, they found the EU material more realistic, and they preferred the EU. They found the EU material more realistic, but they preferred the sequel trilogy. And then vice versa. They found the sequel trilogy both more realistic, and they preferred it. Or they thought the sequel trilogy was more realistic, but they preferred the EU. And I got to tell you, you know, just <laughs> as you and I are discussing this, it ended up being, let's see here, 53% overall in favor of the sequel trilogy and 47% for the EU. Hmm. So Star Wars fans are really divided on the topic of Luke Skywalker and what has happened to his character. And I think that's uh, that's pretty much, I think, the root of the disconnect between fans that liked The Last Jedi and fans that didn't. A lot of folks can kind of dismiss the humor, uh, dismiss some of what they did, but the fact that um, things didn't go the way they planned for Luke Skywalker, I think that's a big part of it. And I think this poll kind of demonstrates that, no? Yeah, and I think, yeah, it's, it's interesting because... You know, I said 53 to 47, but the actual answers, you know, 41% were all the way EU, but 6% said the EU was more realistic, but they preferred the sequels. Hmm. And then 45% said they, you know, loved the sequel trilogy and they thought it was more real, realistic. And then 8% thought the sequel trilogy was more realistic, but they preferred the EU. And uh, we're going to get into some of that, you know, what happened in the EU and what's happened in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a hell of a topic, you know. <laughs> it sure it's, is, and it's it's one of those things that, uh, you know, obviously we like to talk Star Wars, but uh, this topic really has no end um, until maybe the end of uh, this next chapter that, uh, that we will, uh, you know, eagerly await uh, its release in, in December. So, you know, I've got some comments from people regarding Luke Skywalker. You know, the, the, so there's this guy named Amando Parizio says that uh, he was not too keen on Luke's uh, portrayal in The Last Jedi and that he hopes that it gets fixed and maybe he comes back. Uh, he would love if he came back. Um, so thank you very much for that. Uh, his uh, handle is Jedi Caligula 89 uh, He um, also added that Luke was his favorite character growing up. And what he loves most about him was that he always saw the good in people. Here's where I think that comment is cemented in, in a lot of people's perception of Luke Skywalker as a character. And one of the reasons they have a lot of issue, uh, you know, problems and issues with, with what he did and his motivation to really cut himself off from the Force. Uh, I, th I think that really stems from uh, the fact that people did not see or do not see the same Luke in the sequel trilogy that they did in the original trilogy, even the expanded universe. Thank you very much to our followers who are consistent. We, we a, a lot of times we see the same name, so this is fantastic. So Ricky Howell, Wookie Howell, says that the Luke that we claim the rest of us wanted could very well have kicked a ton of ass in the 30 years between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. But he can't see that story being necessary or even compelling unless something terrible had happened to further his character. Kicking ass doesn't do that for me. 
so that's that was a very interesting uh, comment. Uh, thank you, Wookie Howe, for that. Kind of goes away from the Luke Skywalker that's, you know, in the expanded universe or, or even the original trilogy. That's that's one of the comments that I see a lot. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, to say something is in his character or not in his character, it's really hard when we have a 30-year gap between The Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. I'm going to say this, and uh, I told you I had some some fun things to bring to the table. I don't know about him cutting himself off from the Force. I don't know if Luke Skywalker has that in him. But I will say that I am one of the people uh, that believes that the sequel trilogy characterization of Luke Skywalker is more realistic than what we saw in the EU back in the day. Back in the old, uh, you know, you mentioned the uh, when we were talking before about the Dark Horse comics as well as the books. When I was getting ready for this podcast, I came across an article about Luke Skywalker. And these were Luke Skywalker's feats in, in the Legends stories. So let me just read to you a few of the things that EU Luke Skywalker was able to do. And these were, you know, like you said, uh, Dark Horse comics, video games, all the books that came out at that time. Here are just a few things that Luke Skywalker in the EU was able to do. He was able to use telekinesis to affect a black hole. He uses electric judgment to kill a slayer. I don't know what that means. He roots himself in the force and becomes immovable to literally everything. He telepathically calls to every Jedi across the galaxy. He recreates an entire ship using the force. He swings his lightsaber so fast that he, people think it may have been 10 or 20 lightsabers. His lightsaber becomes a blur of pure energy. He moves faster than Jaina and Jason can even see. Who force projects himself to... onto Cadus from an extremely far distance. Of course, he was able saw... to block an AT-AT blast with his bare hands. And that list goes on and on. If you guys want to hit me up, I'll, I'll give the link to that. I want to learn the ways of the force and become a Jedi like my father. Take his trajectory from Return of the Jedi. Is all of that realistic? You know, this is the, at that time, he was the only Jedi in the universe, in the Star Wars universe. And he basically becomes a god in the EU for all intents, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's a god. Sure. Or is it more realistic that, you know, one guy tries to put the whole universe on his shoulders, which, you know, that is in Luke Skywalker's character to try to bear the burden and put everything on his shoulders to put all that on his shoulders and then fail and get distraught about it which between those two do you you actually think that the one that we saw in the EU is the more realistic of the two no I can say that uh, a lot of those things that you listed out were a little uh, over the top and uh, you know maybe because you know a lot of it were, was in comic book form a lot of it was uh, the liberty of the uh, the authors unchecked by Lucasfilm. I, I, I can see why uh, the expanded universe material might have been a little bit uh, too much for, for some folks. So do you think it was unrealistic for people to expect to see that in the sequel trilogy? Unrealistic to see how he you, turned out, you mean? Yeah, I mean, so I heard one time that uh, you know disappointment is the delta between expectation and reality these people or a lot of the fans expected to see the Luke Skywalker that I just described and what they got in reality 
was a guy hiding away on a remote planet who had cut himself off from the Force. Do you think it was realistic for Star Wars fans to actually see this demigod of a Luke Skywalker in the sequel trilogy? The Jedi Master of all Jedi Masters. Yeah. Or do you think it was, you know, his portrayal was more down-to-earth, more realistic in, in the sequels? Yeah, I mean, if you put it like that, you know, realistic, uh, unrealistic, I mean, I, I would say as the story unfolds, as uh, Ryan Johnson decided to tell it, of course, probably more realistic uh, in the sequel trilogy than it is in the Expanded Universe stories. So I guess that begs the philosophical question, should you know, should we expect any realism? Or... Should this have been, you know, complete fantasy? You know, it's a science. Should you know? I, I think, from a human perspective, what we saw in the sequel trilogy was more realistic. But how realistic does it need to be? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good question, philosophically uh, and practically. Um, I think, from a storytelling perspective, it's probably. You know, I, I don't want to say less realistic, but from a story perspective, it's more of a letdown and obviously yeah people some people had that those ideas of uh, Jedi of Luke being you know almost godlike or at least being a master you know after all these years after Return of the Jedi that uh, they don't they never would have expected him just to kind of give up and let evil rise and have you know his friends you know die etc etc so I think that's probably more on the realm of why people did not connect with with Luke as he turned out now. Yeah, as far as you know, as far as being realistic, yeah. I mean, I can see. I'll get to a a comment regarding um, his emotional, the emotional impact that uh, that uh, Luke, you know, had to deal with after everything that he went through. One of the things, uh, I saw you were having a conversation with somebody on Twitter, and, and you just kind of mentioned it briefly, like how many people died in that time that he was disconnected from the Force, Yeah. as well as his close friend when, when Han died, and he didn't even know it. Um, but there was a scene that was cut out from the movie. It is in the book, so it is canon. Um, but uh, that story of Ray was, be- was worried that the the folks that lived on that island, uh, the natives to the island, they were going to get attacked. She was worried they were going to get attacked by some pirates, and then right. it ended up being some big festival of the the males in the in the village coming back to party with the with the females, the caretakers. <laughs> yeah. um, but the lesson he was trying to teach her in that is, it was the Jedi thing to do to let that sort of thing happen. Do you agree with that? with that story that and you think do you think that was do you think he's right and do you think that was Jedi like to let things play out they should it, you know the short answer I think is no because you know I always come back to the scenario of of World War two would it have been you know the Jedi thing to to let evil rise and 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 let Hitler do what he did just uh just so you know somebody worse wouldn't come along I I'm not sure. I'm not sure I buy that kind of that uh, that scenario uh, of you know just let it let it be you know let it occur naturally. I, I I don't I don't think so. You know I mean look at the police force in society. I mean if we didn't have police, what would happen? Um, I think Jedi are kind of like galactic police, 
and uh, they're there for a reason. Otherwise, why 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 do they even exist? And as you mentioned, you know, the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy. And uh, you, you know, you brought up World War Two, and what you had there at the beginning was appeasement. You know, countries yeah. like England, you know, they were, you know, at first, they were fine with just letting Hitler do his thing, as long as he didn't come their way. Right. And you, we see how that turned out in the end. I don't think one could say that was <laughs> a Jedi-like thing for them to do. I mean, obviously, we're, we're, we're comparing, you know, fantasy and sci-fi with, with real world, but I think the concepts are, are, are valid uh, in both scenarios. But at the same time, um, you know, and we were talking about Master and Apprentice and the Dooku Jedi lost earlier, I think a lot of the things that Luke brings to the table in The Last Jedi are valid. Um, you know, he mentions the pride and I, you know, if I get my way, we're going to do, we'll do a podcast down the line about the arrogance of the Jedi. Um, I think we can make a whole podcast out of that one. Oh yeah. Um, you know, but you know, he talks about, um, the arrogance of the Jedi and there is an article that just came out from, you know, screen rant. They, they're, you know, they're 99% clickbait. Um, but they said that, uh, Dooku Jedi loss basically blames Yoda <laughs> for oh. the for the fall of the Jedi. Yeah, I saw because that. of his because of his arrogance, they kind of blow it out of proportion. But at the same time, you know, I think what Luke is trying to teach her there is valid. Do you know what a true Jedi Knight would do right now? Nothing. This is not a lesson. They're going to get hurt. We have to help. If you meet that raiding party with force, they'll be back next month in greater numbers and with greater violence. Will you be here next month? that burn inside you, that anger, thinking what the Raiders are going to do. The books in the Jedi Library say ignore that. Only act when you can maintain balance. Everybody's got their opinion on Luke Skywalker. My buddy Pete Siegel, who works with me, spoke to me about Luke Skywalker. Let's take a listen to his take on uh, his reaction to Luke Skywalker and how his character turned out in The Last Jedi. Let's take a listen. On the streets of Coruscant. All right, we are out on the field talking to some peeps. Uh, one peep in particular. Uh, how you doing? This is who is this? This is Pete Siegel. So we're talking about Luke Skywalker on our latest podcast. Old guy, old curmudgeon guy who's uh, waiting for I don't know what on an island. But, uh, yeah, Luke Skywalker's character arc, uh, explain to me a little bit about how you were first introduced to Star Wars, first of all. Well, I was born in 74, so I guess that gives away my age. You want my social security number, too? Yes, please. <laughs> you won't get anything. The first movie I saw in the theater was actually uh, Jedi, Return of the Jedi. Um, so that was really my first introduction. So I saw the, you know, kind of the badass. Can I say that? <laughs> Sure. Uh, Let's say it again. Badass. So, I, so my first introduction was, you know, the badass dressed in black, Luke Skywalker, uh, you know, kicking ass, taking names. That's fantastic. I do know that I did go back and watch the, you know, episode four and episode five many times, um, you know, and then grew up through high school and college. And, and it was after college when um, they announced the prequel trilogy. Not that that has anything to do with Luke Skywalker. But uh, Luke's dad is in that. Yes, correct. Spoiler alert. And uh, Luke is a little baby in the last one, right? He is um, a little baby. Let's talk about Luke Skywalker and his uh, character arc. 
What are some of the characteristics of Luke Skywalker that really appeal to you? He's obviously a Jedi Master. He uh, was a farm boy. Stuff happened to him. Yeah, I mean, you know, Luke is your quintessential hero, right? I mean, he he's flawed, um, like many are. Um, nobody's perfect. Um, but, you know, he's the main guy, you know, he's the one with supposedly the, mo you know, the most powerful Jedi, you know, he's the son of Skywalker. Um, you know, we got a little taste of that in Return of the Jedi. What are your thoughts on how the creative team developed, you know, kind of, uh, how Luke Skywalker kind of ended up? Well, you know, this is going to be controversial. Not many people might agree, but I like the story arc. Okay, thank you very much. All right, hey, yeah, thank you. That was it. And no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so yeah, we um, we did talk to a few people. You know, we're everybody's on the fence. Everybody's got their own opinion. We've uh, we're we're split down the middle with our followers. But uh, so you you agree with how Luke Skywalker turned out? Tell me a little more. Sure, I would have loved it. You know, to see the the most powerful jedi in the history of the galaxy taking you know the the episode six luke and adding 30 years of experience and and just going out there and you know destroying you know star destroyers using the force or whatever i don't know so that's that's a little uh reference to some of the things that he did in the expanded universe he's human and you know humans are, are flawed humans make mistakes and uh, I, I think he, you know, tried to raise this new group of Jedi and and feels like he failed Ben Solo. Kind of like how uh, Yoda failed, you know, uh, and exiled himself. I, I think Luke feels like this is this is what I had to do. I had to exile myself. And yeah, he was a little cranky, he was a little curmudgeon-y, but, but I, I think it worked. It worked for me. What are your thoughts going forward now that everybody has experienced The Last Jedi and going into Episode Nine? How do you think his story is going to end um, in Nine? So, the rise of Skywalker. Which Skywalker is the question. Many people are speculating, is it Anakin? Is, it, uh, is, is Rey actually a Skywalker? You know, I, I'm... I, I'm expecting in episode nine um, that Luke is um, a force ghost kind of advisor helping Ray take her next steps and see what happens. You know, I, I think his story has been told. It, it, it's kind of done. Pete, thank you very much for participating and uh, giving us your two cents on Luke Skywalker. But uh, thank you very much, Pete. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I'm Pete Siegel, and that's the Scuttlebutt. I'll never join you! If you only knew the power of the dark side. Yeah, and one of the reactions to the Missed Opportunities tweet came from Drunk3PO. Ah, uh, Drunk3PO. Yeah, and he made a... Uh, you know, he made a short YouTube video on it, and he's very impassioned about, you know, his views on that tweet, what Mark was trying to saying, what was trying to say, as well as the reaction to it. So, uh, love to give that a listen. We will post the entire uh, link in the section below. Feel free to take a listen to the entire thing, but uh, let's listen to a segment of Missed Opportunities by Drunk 3PO. On the streets of Coruscant. 
This is not my normal video, but I want to go through some things. We all know that Mark Hamill tweeted out a picture that was made by my good friend Steven with the hashtag missed opportunities and it sent the Twitter world crazy. Mark Hamill tweeted a picture with his old friends and Lucasfilm and friends of Lucasfilm and people with blue check marks went after him saying, shut up, stay retired. This Star Wars isn't for you. You're associating yourself with alt-right. You're associating yourself with racist. This is not your Star Wars. You're too old. Move along. This has nothing to do with you anymore. How could you do this to Mark Hamill? Mark Hamill will always be Star Wars. He is Star Wars. And it disgusts me to think that you would think otherwise. The number one turd, Chuck Wendig, decided he wanted to be relevant again and talk badly about the fact that Mark tweeted out this picture. This guy, Anthony, said, man, let's not give Mark Hamill a hard time. He's such a great guy. He was just sharing a cool picture of the original gang and his heart was in the right place. Anthony, if you really believe this statement, then why were you making fun of him in this statement? Talking about old people and how they drive, that the blinker is left on. It was so bad for Mark, he issued an apology and just said, hey, I just want a picture with my friends. Is that so bad? So, I, you know, I had a really good thread going on with uh, Eric McGilvray. Uh, says that it's uh, very hard to make a final judgment on Luke's uh, story arc, uh, character arc in the sequel trilogy, um, because we still had one film to go and a lot of backstory yet to be filled between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, which, you know, you, you talked about there's that big period that we really don't know what, what was going on. Um, so they, they, took a, they took Luke in a new direction that a lot of people weren't expecting. It was a very brave move on their part, uh, Eric says. And I responded by asking if one more film would really make a difference, especially since the character of Luke Skywalker is dead. Uh, he added... Um, or at least died in The Last Jedi. We don't know what's going to happen in 9. Um, he added that one more film may give more insight into why Luke did what he did, uh, running away and shutting himself off from everything. Uh, and I kind of tend to agree. I think, uh, you know, J.J. will hopefully help kind of uh, flesh that out. Uh, he also adds that perhaps he was a gray Jedi master for the 20 years between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Uh, but having to come back from his whole academy, either turning to the dark side or, or killed, and having the weight of feeling responsible for his nephew, the most important thing to his sister and best friend, being lost to the dark side, that would be a hard thing for anyone to deal, deal with. And that kind of plays along with uh, some of the emotions that we were talking about earlier as far as how realistic uh, that journey of Luke Skywalker is uh, based on what happened in the sequel trilogy, correct? One thing I wanted to definitely talk about was, and it's been a matter of controversy since the movie came out, is that moment which they showed from you know, what three different angles in The Last Jedi, that moment of Luke and Ben Solo where Luke has the thought of killing his nephew. What do you think of that scene? At first glance, at, at surface level, I don't buy it. But somebody had said to me regarding that that it was 
and I'm not sure because I didn't read the uh, the novelization, but they might have touched a little bit on the novelization regarding Snoke putting those thoughts and those feelings into Luke. It wasn't apparent in the film, so uh, you know. Even, if, even in the book, it's it's only sort of alluded to. Um, yeah. You kind of you kind of have to extrapolate that he does talk about Snoke's influence, possibly on him, and of course on on Ben. But even in the book, you have to extrapolate that some. And again, going back to the one tweet that I uh, mentioned a while back, uh, that uh, you know Luke sees the good in everyone, even when he went to go visit his father uh, Darth Vader and tried to get him back. I mean. You know, Vader did some horrible things and still was able to kind of bring him back. And that, obviously that's the big uh, argument that folks are making regarding, you know, having Luke say, well, you know, he, he had a thought, so I'm going to kill him. just doesn't seem to jive uh, with a lot of people. Yeah, but, you know, we we mentioned Hitler a couple minutes ago, and we tend to do that sometimes um, as a matter of comparison. One of those biggest philosophical paradoxes, and I, you know, I've been saying this since the movie came out. You know, what that that paradox of if you can go back and kill Hitler as a baby, do you do it? And I think that's what that scene embodies. He describes what he saw in Ben's future. He saw the dark side. He saw the pain and misery that he was going to inflict. And for that split second, he thought I could change that. I went to confront him. And he turned on me. But he immediately regretted. So I don't see how people can... Yes, he's Luke Skywalker, but how can you dismiss that scene out of hand? There are some people, if you asked them, do you go back and kill Hitler as a baby? They would say yes, because you're talking about millions and millions and millions of lives that you would save by doing that. Uh, but at the same time, you're killing a baby. <laughs> right? So, right. you know... it. I, to me, I, that is the most accurate comparison that you can make to that scene. So I think even for a Jedi Master, you could have that thought creep into your head for half a second, but then immediately regret it because, oh my God, he's a kid and he's family. And, and you could see it in his eyes mm -hmm. you know, that he immediately regretted. So I think it's possible. Well within the possibility of that being within Luke Skywalker's character. He had sensed my power as he senses yours. And he feared it. I just kind of wish it went kind of another way. That's all. Star Wars is about hope, and it's about... Uh, you know, one thing that really bothered me about The Last Jedi is that, like, uh, nobody won. Nobody, nobody, um, it, it really, it was kind of a hopeless, and I'm not, this is not any critique towards the writing. It was just kind of like a hopeless story. It was a full of pain and full of, of no hope. It was, it was just a letdown. Yeah, they were obviously trying to parallel The Empire Strikes Back between the how the story went and obviously crate you know is it just a recreation of hoth uh, did you get the same it's probably rhetorical same feeling at the end of last jedi as you had at the end of empire strikes back no because the, the you know for me the greatest star wars film that exists is the empire strikes back and this is far from it 
Yeah, so that kind of brings us to episode nine. As a sort of an addendum to uh, those tweets that you were reading earlier, one of our more recent uh, followers, Restore the Republic, he's, um, he's pretty vocal. He's like you on Twitter. He makes his opinion known on there. Um, he says, Episode nine can treat him with the respect he deserves and be the first in the sequel trilogy to truly do it, but it won't be as meaningful as it would have been if he if he was kept alive. I mean, what else can you do with someone after they become a force ghost? And you were kind of alluding to that earlier. So how do you think episode nine, you think episode nine will change how we see Luke in the sequel trilogy? You know, I, I think uh, by definition, yes, because whether you think of Luke uh, in a certain way, episode nine will change that no matter how you think of Luke. Um, because we're going to, you know, I think we're going to get an answer. We're going to get uh, more backstory, like the previous tweet said. We're going to get uh, some more explanation as to, you know, why I'm, I'm hoping. Um, I'm really hoping for, you know, I don't know, some sort of, like, flashback scenes. I, You know, one of the things that I really am excited to see, especially now that J.J. is kind of taking the helm back, is really just to see the rest of the story elements that JJ introduced in the in, in the Force Awakens. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there and I want to see that fleshed out. I wanted to see that fleshed out in the Last Jedi, but that didn't happen. And uh, now that JJ is back in the director's chair uh, with the Rise of Skywalker, I'm really hoping that we will see a conclusion to some of those story elements that were introduced in The Force Awakens. The Force is strong in my family. My father has it. I have it. My sister has it. You have that power, too. I, I agree with a lot of the elements of, you know, why people are mad, you know, like yourself, you know. But to say that Disney is doing it intentionally, I think it's just flat out wrong because as you, that's a bad business model. <laughs> Disney, Disney bought Star Wars to make money. So you wouldn't intentionally piss off half your fans I think it just it's a matter of being out of touch with the fans but that's beyond the scope of this one I just have one more question for you in the Star Wars universe a thousand years down the line what are they going to say the legacy of Luke Skywalker is you'll find I'm full of surprises that's a very interesting question I think because of The Last Jedi that legacy has taken kind of an, a very interesting turn. Luke Skywalker's character, he was talking about how the Jedi are corrupt and you shouldn't idolize the Jedi, etc., etc. But then you got uh, the scene where Broom Boy is uh, playing as Luke Skywalker and he wants to be Luke Skywalker. Um, so I'm, you know, I'll ask you this question: Why? Did Ryan Johnson kind of switch things around and, and, you know, at the beginning of the film, you know, Jedi's, Jedi suck, they ruin the galaxy, but at the end it's like, oh, I want to be a Jedi, let's be Jedi's. 
it just kind of it's it's uh, puzzling to me. Yeah, I think that goes to show, you know, even though Luke was down on himself and felt defeated, he didn't realize how much hope that he personally, as well as the Jedi in general, brought to the universe at large. So it's showing that where he failed in his teaching of Ben and, you know, even Ray, uh, as well as Academy, you know, he saw himself as a failure. You know, and he told Yoda as much. But those not close to him still saw Luke Skywalker as a hero. And, and that's what they know. Um, as far as legacy goes, I think we'll really have to see what happens in Episode 9. And the problem with Skywalker is the name. You, there is so much attached to the Skywalker name. Um, you know, but most people don't know what happened to Anakin Skywalker. Most people still yeah. think that Anakin Skywalker died in the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, with the title being The Rise of Skywalker, I think we will have to wait until Episode 9 to truly see what that legacy, you know, of their name is going to be down the line in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, and uh, we'll have to wait. I can't wait. I want this to be over. <laughs> but yeah, I mean in 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 and you know, truth be told, you know, I'm I'm excited for what JJ has to offer us in episode 9. Um, you know, I I told you in the past that uh I didn't even buy the uh the last Jedi uh disc. Um I now I don't even remember what happened in the film. Um, but uh, I really, really am curious to see how JJ, uh, you know, caps it off. Uh, I think it's a it's a daunting task for any director, you know, writer director, uh, to finish, you know, a, a trilogy, a, a franchise as big as Star Wars, as beloved as Star Wars. And I'm sure, you know, with what whatever it is that he does, he's probably not going to please. Uh, a lot of people um, for whatever reason because you can't please 100% of the people all the time um, and in today's society with everybody being as vocal as they are I'm sure we're all going to hear about it but uh, I for one um, have uh, faith that uh, that I will be happy coming out of the theater for episode 9 yeah I too have faith in JJ my only concern as far as Luke Skywalker specifically is concerned, is what is the possibility of what we heard in the trailer is about the extent of what we will see of Luke in Episode Nine. I'm worried that he's only going to have five minutes, yeah, in the film. Um, so not a chance to completely redeem himself as a character, but Adventures Endgame was three hours, and that was a brilliant three hours and uh, you know already saw it twice in the theaters and I, know, I know you loved it I would love to see a three hour Star Wars finale and it would be a shame if Luke Skywalker is only in the last story of the Skywalker saga for a short amount of time uh, I think that pretty much would encompass the title of our show Missed Opportunities yeah it would and we'd love to hear what our listeners 
have to say about Luke Skywalker. We've already gotten a whole bunch of feedback, as Roe has stated, and thank you so much for that feedback that we've gotten already. But uh, after hearing our conversation, we'd love to hear what you guys think. So, you know, leave us a message, however you want to leave us a message. Send us an email, send us a direct message, tweet us. Hopefully you know the hashtags by now. And uh, let us know what you think about Luke Skywalker. Has he been treated fairly? Or did they completely destroy his character? You let us know. I want to uh, say a final note. Uh, I, uh, thank you so much to all our followers. I'm really uh, humbled and in awe at the amount of support and uh, interaction that we're getting on the, uh, the podcast and on the account and on Twitter. Uh, we love talking Star Wars with all of you. Uh, and uh, we uh, respect all your opinions, and we're happy that we can have these conversations in a civil manner uh, because at the end of the day, we're all Star Wars fans, and that's what makes us family. Uh, but, yeah, we, we'd love to hear more about what you guys think. What are you guys more excited about, uh, how uh, Episode Nine will, will turn out, and uh, send us a message, an email, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, which is on iTunes and on SoundCloud and everywhere else. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, so don't be a stranger. Uh, Brad, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, guess what? Oh, hit, that's right. Yeah, we hit 300 followers. You know, that's that means amazing. We have not one, but two giveaways to announce all tonight. right star wars swag so if you have listened to us this far <laughs> then you're in luck we have two giveaways uh one we have been running since uh, nearly the beginning um we are waiting to announce that one till we hit 300 followers so we have the winner for that one and we also ran a giveaway on our last episode uh which involved uh, leaving us a review and a rating on iTunes or YouTube. Uh, for the first giveaway, we are giving away a Princess Leia prize pack, uh, which had a uh, graphic novel collection, as well as a couple Princess Leia comic books, both with alternate covers. Um, and the winner of that giveaway is FET Star Wars Council. Oh, excellent. And... You know, one of the requirements for that was to you know tell us what you loved about Star Wars. And from Fet Star Wars Council, here's this tweet: First toys I owned, first movies I watched, Star Wars lunchbox, Star Wars toothbrush, etc., etc., etc. I love Star Wars because it's in my blood. I know how you feel, Fet. And of course, it's always Sunny on Scarif is the, the hashtag for that. So congratulations, Fett. Uh, you won the Princess Leia prize pack. Send us your address uh, via direct message or email, and we will get that out to you ASAP. And the second giveaway that we ran uh, was for the Tales from Vader's Castle. That is another comic series from Kevin Scott, who's again been doing amazing things this is a box set of that series and it's got some alternate covers as well as some room for you to get some signatures on if you go to any um, cons at all and uh, again this was for leaving us a review on iTunes and the winner of that 
giveaway is Matt Kaler. Oh, Matt. Wait a minute. He sounds familiar. He does. Didn't you interview him for the first episode? Oh, that's right. At Star Wars Celebration. Matt, we met you at Star Wars Celebration. Your uh, um, your stories were fantastic. Congratulations on winning that uh, that prize. It's amazing. Yep, and Matt left us a, uh, a very nice review on iTunes. Uh, it was entitled Transmission Intercepted. And Matt says, one of my favorite up-and-coming podcasts, hands down, Roe and Brad are extremely knowledgeable, at least somebody thinks so, thank you, are not afraid to provide their honest opinions and views and are very in tune with the fandom. They make a great team. Definitely feels like a podcast made by fans for the fans. Looking forward to your future transmissions. So thank you very much for that, Matt. We appreciate it. And again, send us your address and we will get that prize back out to you as soon as possible. Those are some fantastic prizes when you uh, tweeted and announced that uh, first collection, the uh, Leia collection. Uh, I was a little envious. Yeah, I should have bought. I mean, I already spent enough money on these alternate covers, uh, but I should have bought a couple of them because, yeah, they really are beautiful covers. And that is the show tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, all of the above. You know where to find us. Just remember that it's always sunny on Scarif. And that is the Scuttlebutt. You may fire when ready. I've got a bad feeling about this. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. You must unlearn what you have there. You felt a great disturbance in the force. I suggest a new strategy, Art. You underestimate the power of the dark side.